everyone and welcome to another episode of the Semicast. My name is David Shack, and once again, as always, I'm here with my good friend Anthony Murphy. How are you? Hey, let's go, yeah. I'm here. You only just made it. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I caught a bus hit. <laughs> All the way from wherever the hell you live in the country. Mm. Yes. In the general store. Were you at the general store? Did they generally no. have things for you? No, I was chasing the kangaroos out of the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> Were they chasing the balls that come over the fence from the yeah. neighbours? <laughs> if only I could teach them to do that. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm week? doing okay. It's not hot today. It's actually quite pleasant, but it's going to get hot later on, so I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, it's kind of decidedly Melbourne today. It's, it was a bit rainy and a bit gloomy, but still it was holding on in there, which I like. Yes, I spilt water all over my crotch at work. Was that on purpose? Was that something no. that you just thought you were just <laughs> yeah. too hot and the place where the, the, all the heat was was in your crotch and you thought the quickest way to solve <laughs> this problem was just dunking it in water? Nope. I was sitting at my desk and uh, I was <laughs> there was a conference call starting and uh, there was a glass of water and a headphone cable and the headphone cable got hooked around <laughs> the glass and my the armrests of my chair. And uh, then when I spun my chair around, it just yanked the glass right towards me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a brilliant start to the conference call. Mm-hmm. Half an hour before I was supposed to go home, too. So <laughs> I had to figure out a way to hide that on public transport. Did the uh, conference call start, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And then, <laughs> no. sorry, sir, what's going on? It was actually cancelled, but yeah. It was <laughs> so it was worth it. Yeah. Sorry, can't come because I wet my crutch. Yeah, well, that's all right. Well, um, I'm hoping that I don't wet my crutch here. I was trying to get ready for the recording and I went to get myself a drink. And normally I grab myself a very straight down the line mineral water, but we had mm. none in the fridge. So right next to where the mineral water was, I had grabbed a Cooper's Pail. Oh, really? So I'm ready this for the podcast. This is going to get off the hook. Do you think that there's a point O level where I shouldn't be operating a podcast anymore? Yeah, probably point oh oh one. You'd be sort of <laughs> sitting sitting back going, ah, hey, let's do it. Well, you were already there, so I think we're fine. Hmm. So we'll see how I you go I haven't been by drinking. No? I've had one coffee. Well, you, you need more coffee and more other stuff, and then let's strap this baby in and see where it takes us. Okay. Okay. Have, uh, have you been playing anything this week? Have you been- I have. Apart from I have been... your crotch drying escapades? Anything? No, that's not playing. No? Well, no, that depends that's how vigorously serious. you dry that crotch. <laughs> uh, I've been playing more Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Awesome. Um, I've just opened up Clan Battles, which puts me at about an hour in, oh, if okay. you count the 20-minute the goes I have on public transport. And you're yeah, there's not it? really much more to say. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not really enjoying it. As, like, everyone says it's a fantastic game, but I can't, I, I don't understand. Like, it's a good game, but it's doesn't, it's not reverential to me in the same way that, say, Silent Hill 2 or Hitman or... It's probably just one of those games where it was a moment in time. Like I knew when I mm. played that game, I was coming right hot off Advance Wars 2, I think it was, and yep. I needed something else in the strategy turn-based era to play, and that was it. I think it was actually, I'm going to admit this, it was probably the first Final Fantasy game I played. I haven't really been yeah. super one into all the Final Fantasy series. But that was the first one I played. So now How I just could you own a PlayStation 1 and not have Final Fantasy 7? I don't know. I've never played it. Maybe I should do mm. that. Maybe I should. we should do a, a long-running series where I attempt Final Fantasy 7. Although there is a remake coming, so maybe I should. 
It will be a long-running series because Final Fantasy VII goes for a long time. Right. Is it longer or shorter than The Witcher 3? Oh, that's a good question. The Witcher 3 is awfully long. We could race them both and see which one there's wins. A, there's, there's a lot more sex in The Witcher 3. Well, I haven't played Final Fantasy VII, so I don't really know. Those chocobos can get pretty randy from what I hear. No, actually, there is a scene in Final Fantasy VII where the main character dresses up like a girl. It's a guy, and yeah. he goes into a bathhouse full of men, and I'm not sure what happens there. You just stop playing it after that? You're like, <laughs> no. am I playing Leisure Suit Larry, or am I playing no. Final Fantasy VII? Because I remember, uh, as I wouldn't even assume I was well into the mid of my teens at the point, but I was playing some Leisure Suit Larry, and the scene that does stick in my mind was that Leisure Suit Larry was in a bathhouse, and he had his pixelated junk out, and I thought that was pretty funny. Right. Which Leisure, leisure Suit Larry was uh, that? I don't know. One of them. I don't even- Right. I couldn't tell you the storyline. I'm sure he was after some pixelated woman, and- right. Got to stay away from them pixelated women's. They're nothing but trouble. You want a high def woman. Is that right? I don't know. Yes, that's right. Are we in a bad area now? We are. We're going to move on to Crypt of the Necrodancer. Crypt of the Necrodancer is a game that uh, it's like a little dungeon based roguelike, but the game plays uh, music all the way through each level and you have to move and attack and fight in time with the music or you lose your coin multiplier. Oh, cool. And it's got sort of some awesome little chip tunes and a daily challenge and stuff, lots of stuff to unlock. So sort of all the things that I kind of like to do. It actually made me get my, or uh, actually made me dive back into mod tracking, which is how we made music in the 80s when no one could afford synthesizers. Yep. You would get someone who owned the synthesizer to sample uh, one of the synthesized um, instruments and then you would bring it into your computer and you use what's called a tracker to play the note and pitch correct it and, and do all sorts of things to it that you would normally do on a synthesizer. So, so you're I've just been playing stealing with a sample from one thing and using it to play it in another thing. Yeah, pretty much. All sampling is stealing. Yeah. When you get right down to it. Unless you sample your, your own voice and then play, yeah. play with that. So I downloaded a, a fairly modern tracker and uh, I found a place that hosts all these old Amiga discs that used to have samples on them. So yeah. I downloaded them and converted them to Wave and... I've been just having fun with my MIDI keyboard and that and trying to get something up and going. And how's that going? Have you created any hit tunes? Hit, hit oh, tunes? I've created some things, but running up against the uh, problems with my own songwriting ability at this point. But yeah, it's fun. Um, the, the game's awesome. It's got a shopkeeper on each level, and if you walk into his shop, he's singing sort of operetta style along with the music for that level. <laughs> um, and if you get... Uh, and if the song finishes, you're automatically just dumped onto the next level. A trapdoor opens up underneath you, and that's that's as far as you get for that level. So you've got a certain amount of time to do your shopping. Uh, no, no, no. This is the actual game itself. You've got a certain amount of time to do the oh, entire right, level. Okay. And if you don't get to the lad- ladder and defeat the boss of that level in time, it just the floor just opens up and you get dumped onto the next level. Oh, so it encourages you to move fast or move with yeah, the beat, more, so to speak. Yes. So, what I know, we might do a video for that. I've just got to figure out exactly how I do it. Are there different yeah. uh, speed levels? So, if there's a slow song, you go at a slower pace, or if there's a fast song, you go at a faster pace? There is. There doesn't seem to be any pen- penalty for not acting on a beat, so you could act on every second beat um, right. if you wanted to. So, you could speed it up and slow it down as much as you want, but as long as your actions are on the beat, um, you're pretty much fine. Cool. Did you get yourself a kick drum pedal for just sit underneath your desk so you can tap along with the, the mm. beats? Yeah, I, I often play badly at that game because I'm sort of just bopping along in time with the with the with the chip tune music and that would help, um, wouldn't it? Uh, would ex- like I guess sitting there focused on the game and 
playing it and counting the beat and tapping your foot would help. Sitting in your chair and just like lurching from side to side <laughs> as instruments come in and out kind of affects your ability to play the game. Right. Uh, is this a PC game? It is a PC game. I think it's on consoles as well, but right. uh, since I don't own any of the current gen consoles, oh, I'm no. still thinking about a PlayStation 4 once I can actually find somewhere that sells Yakuza 0. Is uh, it even out yet? I thought it may- or maybe it only just came out this week or last week. Right. I'll have to go back and check because uh, Persona 5 is going to come out that's on PlayStation an, 4. That's an April release, I think it is. I'm looking. Is it? Oh, God. Persona is another one of my favorites. So. These consoles, this generation, it was always about which one got the most exclusives that I wanted to play first. Yeah, and I think it looks, uh, looks like a multi PlayStation. Seem to be getting there. It's got a lot of really cool things. Mm, and weird shit as well. We really like weird shit. Yeah. Y- um, Yakuza is weird shit. Let It Die is weird shit. Mm. Or um, PlayStation. So I played Grand Theft Auto V online a little bit more with Chris. Yes. Um, which I learned that if you play that game with Chris and you're trying to drive to a mission, he will quite happily shoot the tyres out of cars that are surrounding you and the cops will be called and you'll have to lose them before you can start the mission. Does he shoot the tyres out of his own car? Because I can understand that, that if he does do that, because I've seen him drive no. in games. He told me point blank once that he did not attempt to hold up the service station we were in trying to use the ATM. Uh, but the guy who was behind the counter got out and ran away from the service station. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure I believe him. I was waiting in the car because I don't trust him. I tried to get into the service station before him and use the ATM so that any shit that he pulls after that. You can drive away I'm not a, and leave Yeah, him. I'm not a part of. Can't you just take your own car? Just go, hey, look, you're on your own. I'm on my own. We'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah, still I don't want to be anywhere near the area where he's... Actually, if he gets in your car with a wanted level, you gain his wanted level, I figured out. Oh, really? Just by association? Yeah, just by association. Profiling. (laughs) Cops. Narcs. So we've been doing... There's there's a pretty good spread of co-op missions, but they kind of really want you to do the PvP stuff. Like, we found one mission that we really liked where um, those sort of large aqueducts that go through Los Santos in the middle... There's like a drug deal going down in the middle of one of them, and you have to get the, get the drugs um, and deliver them somewhere else. But uh, so what we did is Chris um, kind of snuck in behind a couple of some pillars and and sort of shot at them with a long range rifle. Where I drove a van around to a bridge that overlooked the other sort of half of this area, and I got out my sniper rifle and started shooting too. So no matter where they <laughs> took cover, they were visible to one of us. So you can kind of plan some things out, but I'm not sure it's intentional on the part of the developer. Yeah, the missions aren't gated, are they? You you can get interrupted by other players while you're trying to play your mission. No, once you do a mission, it moves you into another part of the world where nobody else is in there with you. Oh, it does? Okay. That was one of the things yeah. I wasn't sure about, whether it was just like your game would be fucked up just by people being dicks. No. Uh, if there's anyone in your mission, that you, they can just fuck it up just by being dicks, but they have to be actually part of that mission. Okay. So just um, the trick is just to not have dicks in your mission. Yeah, the lobby area, which is the free roam open world area, is the part where you can fuck with other other people. So, um, and when you say you can, you mean that people do. There's no yeah, like, can yeah. About there was it. a there was a guy in a helicopter dropping bombs on people when Chris was trying to get into a lobby the other day. Of course, there was. Mm. Although then it ups your it changes what you they call your character's mental state. Uh, and as your mental state gets worse and worse, you're worth more bounty to other players. And oh, there's okay. an incentive then for other players to come after you. So is that people who are causing trouble get a high mental state? 
I think so, yeah. Or okay. if you shoot pedestrians or blow up other people's cars and things like that. All right, so they're trying to inbuilt a way to police that yeah. internally, but it's probably not working. Yeah. Well, it works. I mean, you can just set up a private lobby if you want. So. Okay, well, that's interesting. I might uh, check that out at some point. Yeah. So the other thing I played is when Ark Survival Evolved was on sale for cheap, I bought it. Yeah. Um, and then I played it, and then I rushed to install it on my wife's PC and then buy it for her if it worked because we wanted to play it co-op. And that game's got some work left to be done on it. Is that kind um, of like a Rust-type thing where it's a survival yeah. real-time? Rust and seven days to die except with dinosaurs, and you can make the dinosaurs mate with each other. Cool. And you can poop. <laughs> Well, that's just, an important thing to do. It is. You'll be walking along and it says your your character has pooped and then there'll be poop on the ground that you can pick up. So you don't know that you've pooped. You just like poop just comes out. No, it, it, it informs you that you have pooped and then- So you don't you, actively you poop. poop. Like you've got no, no control of your poop glands. No. It's just no. walking along, poop, poop. Yep, that's it. You can be in the middle of a conversation. You're trying to act all charming to a dinosaur and then suddenly poop. Yep. Do the although, dinosaurs poop? Although dinosaurs poop. Yeah, they poop too, so it can happen to them as well. All right, cool. So we we had some issues because we were trying oh, no, to wait, get wait, some wait, dodos. Wait. What's that? I've just pooped. Just want to let you know. <laughs> well, just you should pooped. you should pick it up and put it in your inventory. Then. All right. Yeah. So we were trying to capture. So <laughs> the way it works, if you want to tame a dinosaur, is you beat them into unconsciousness and then stuff them full of food. That would work. What do mm. you beat up a dinosaur with? Poop. You fists, <laughs> spear, fists of poop. Yep, or if you go too far, you'll you'll kill it, so you have to be careful. <laughs> I had managed to tame a male dodo and led him back to our base and said, stay here and don't break anything. And then we tried to find a female one so that we could mate it and have dodo steaks whenever we wanted. Uh, that turned out to be difficult because my wife jumped in and started stabbing at one with her spear while I was punching it, and we killed that one. So you can't date a dead dinosaur with a live dinosaur, I've heard. No. Apparently it's very, very no. hard. <laughs> yes. That's that's more crypt of the necro dinosaur. As long as they try to mate to a beat of a song, I think that's mm. fine. Then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no so then notice. we couldn't find any female dinosaur, any female dodos after that. We found one, but it bugged out because um, the land play isn't that good yet, and it just kind of floated up into the air and away. <laughs> My wife said I was under the impression dodos can't fly, <laughs> but this this one wasn't actually flying. the The model was just bugging out, and it was just floating up into the ether. Working as designed. Yeah. So there we go. That's Ark Survival Evolved. We'll probably play a bit more of that. It looks real nice, but it doesn't seem that optimized at the moment. Still in early access, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like way early access. I think the funny thing is the first early access game I bought called Kenshi is still in early access. And, and how there long ago are other- was that? Oh, God. Uh, a while ago. They should, yeah, 2000, the, 2013. They should get a system where they move early access games into late access and just that's when we get our beta out. Although everyone's calling their alphas betas and the betas alphas and no one really even knows what the term means anymore. No. So, yeah, that was 2013. But there have been other early access games I've um, bought that have come out. You can just imagine how much poop is going to come out of, of Ark Survival Evolved once they get later on in the development mm. cycle. Hopefully a lot because I'm planning on farming. Farming poop? No, just farming food. You need poop for that, though. Well, fertilizer, of course. Mm. Just be very careful walking around. Have you been playing poop? I've just pooped again, apparently. <laughs> I just got told. Uh, no, I haven't been playing poop. I have been playing Let It Die. I've been getting a little bit more back into Let It Die. I got to about level six of the Tower of Barbs, and I got 
caught into some trouble and couldn't make it past where I was at. So I managed to go back to the waiting room because you get the waiting room is where you craft all of your gear and get all your frogs and cook them so that you get more health back. So I Wait, what? Frogs? Yeah, what? yeah you collect frogs and you eat the frogs and the frogs give you health. I feel you may have told me about this and I zoned out. So frogs give you health and mushrooms give you health and you can eat the frogs okay. raw and they don't give you a lot of health. Then if you cook the frogs, that gives you more health and you can also cook the mushrooms. Can you smoke the frogs? Probably because the way you cook them is you just hold them over a flame. So that's kind of smoking it. You're like you're getting a smoked frog. Right. Don't eat the frogs. No. no. <laughs> so, yeah, I got all my shit together and I made it from uh, floor six all the way up to floor 12. So I beat a couple of mid-level bosses and I beat the boss at level 10. So now I have access to create characters that can go over level 25. Because before you hit level 10 in the Tower of Barbs, you can only make a character that can level up to 25. And then once you hit level 10, something special happens and they give you access to a whole bunch of different base characters that can... Like one might be better at ranged attacks, one might be better at close-up attacks. So then you, it's in your interest to go back and start at level 1 again and level up past 25. Mm. Although it doesn't take long to level up in that game. No. Especially to level 25. I've got like four level 25 characters. Which is good because the other thing that it's opened up is attacking other people's waiting rooms. So you can, mm. instead of, you, you know, you just being in your own siloed environment, there's an asynchronous multiplayer element to it where you can catch the train and go to another player's waiting room and you can steal any fighters that they've got in their toilets, which is... So when you attack somebody's waiting room, you can steal one of their fighters and take them back to your waiting room. And when you take them back to your waiting room, you store them in your bathroom. And after a few days, if no one's attacked your waiting room and stolen them back, then they become fighters for you. So right. all makes perfect sense. Obviously, someone's been eating too many frogs. And Has anyone attacked your waiting room? Yes, some people have attacked my waiting room. Um, they have stolen some of my uh, splithium and they have stolen some of my kill coins, and they've stolen- Wait, 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 wait. Splithium? Splithium. Splithium is- Oh, right. It's, it's not, a, not, not a drug reference. No, I don't believe it's a drug reference. It's fine. It's like, you know, you smoke a frog and you get some splithium. It's, isn't that how life right. works? Apparently. Maybe, so, maybe for Jerry Garcia or someone yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah, splithium is one of the game's currencies, I suppose. You use it to upgrade your base and to get- a bigger bank account and to get a bigger splithium storage and to upgrade your freezer where you I store believe your that, I believe that's called a stash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah, I've got a huge splithium stash. But yeah, it's, the game's kind of opening up for me now. I'm, I'm now taking some alternate routes through the floors. So there's not just the one level on each level, I suppose. You can take an alternate elevator and go up a different Mm. escalator i suppose and get to a different floor that's on the same level i found like store in there where you can buy rarer crafting ingredients and rarer patterns um so yeah the game's opening up which is good have they um have, have people found everything or is there stuff still to find like uh, special more even more special stores uh, i'm not sure so apparently there are 40 levels and there are some people that have hit the 40 levels already and finished what the game has to give I'm not sure that anyone's found anything super rare, but uh, your crafting patterns get rare as you go up, and obviously right. the materials required to craft said patterns get rarer as well. But it's going okay. okay. 
So I'm glad right. I'm finally kind of through that level six funk because I was like, oh, is this going to be one of those games that I just bounce off and don't play again? But it's, it seems to have got its hooks back into me, which is good. The only fear I have is I hear it gets a bit monotonous later. Oh, okay. bit grindy. Yeah, a bit grindy. I still haven't put any money in, so I haven't bought any death metal or anything like that to continue my games because I still get the odd one as a daily login reward. But I feel like I should at least give them a couple bucks because I've mm. spent a fair amount of time there. Whether it's Is there anything you can buy that affects your game permanently? So like a permanent upgrade that doesn't get sort of expended? Um, That's what I'd be going for. You can get a special luxurious lift pass and luxurious train pass which means that you don't ever have to wait for the lift to arrive mm. and it's kind of instantly there and you can jump in and go, which is good if there's a bunch of dudes following you wanting to kill you. But there's nothing that's uh, going to be a major upgrade, I don't think. Right. Mm. I think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot there because you know, people sort of separate themselves into people who are willing to spend ongoing currency or, or money in an ongoing manner on something that will then go away like a boot, XP boost or a coin boost or something. And then there's yeah. people who just want to buy a permanent upgrade that stays with them. Yeah, like a coin doubler or something. Mm. Yeah. So the, I think last week I said Warframe, which was, uh, which you know you buy inventory slots for equipment and stuff like that, and that just sort of just stays with you. It sounds like it could do with an upgrade that sort of isn't as powerful as the ones that go away, but maybe sticks around. Yeah, like a meaningful upgrade that you can, mm. I don't know whether you get more experience or... Yeah, I haven't yep. really found that yet. But it's a good fun Maybe game. Maybe it's in there hidden on a higher level we haven't gotten to yet. All right. Well, maybe it's up to me to investigate that a little bit further. Hmm. So that's one of the things I've been playing. Um, the other one is I've started to play Solitarica, which is an hmm. iOS game. It's kind of like Solitaire. It's not exactly Solitaire. And I will admit that I, it's been so long since I've actually played Solitaire that before we started the record, I had to jump online and remember how Solitaire actually works. And it took me a couple of minutes to go, oh, yeah, wait, the red card? Why can't the red card go on the red card? And it's no, because the red card goes on the black card. But Solterica is actually good. So I'd heard that in Solitaire, that if someone else can come into your base and steal your red card. Yeah, you should see the um, the stash you can create in Solitaire with all those ground-up <laughs> heart cards. Sounds awesome. Jacks don't have that expression for no reason. No. Uh, so yeah, Solitaire is, sorry, Solitarica is a game where you're kind of playing Solitaire. The object is that up the top of the screen you have a bunch of stacks of cards and down the bottom you have a single stack of cards and you have to extinguish all the cards up the top but you're actually fighting some type of monster and the, the monster has their own deck of cards and, yeah. as, and as it deals out cards, the cards might be damaged to you or... They might randomize the cards that are up the top and you've actually got special abilities that you can cast on the deck to get rid of cards faster or mm-hmm. change the value of the card yourself or get health back or get armor back. So it's kind of a battle between you and some yep. type of monster. And Puzzle as you, quest but with cards. Yeah, it kind of works yep. in, the way, in the same way that you have to build a boat was a slidey puzzle game but there was a dungeon element to it. What was the other one, other than you have to build a boat? Was it 9 million? Yes. Yeah, no, that, that game was awesome. Yeah, I finished that. Got all yeah, the way so did I. I actually still play it, even though I finished it. I never actually finished You Have to Build a Boat, though. Solitarica sounds very much like a game on the PC called Runespell Overture, okay. where you have a t- two solitaire decks that are fighting against each other. You have 
uh, abilities and things like that. Okay, well, I might have to check that out then. Although this has been the perfect mobile game for me. It's got me to ditch Fire Emblem Heroes for good, I think. I haven't thought about Fire Emblem Heroes once since I picked up Solitarica. Uh, Solitarica's mm. five bucks and there are no more in-app purchases in it. It's not bugging you to get orbs or get this and get that. It's you, you earn the things you need to progress in the game by playing the game. And that's it, which I, I'm very happy about. It's actually exposed Fire Emblem Heroes to me for what it actually is. And it's just this hero collecting game vaguely based in the Fire Emblem world. Mm, kind of like the Dungeon Keeper mobile game. Yeah. That got so much crap. Yeah. And I, I, have good, I have good news for you. Yes. Is that uh, RuneSpell Overture is actually based on poker mechanics and you already seem to own it. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. How did I own that? Maybe I got it in a Humble Bundle or something mm. like that. There are a bunch of things I own and I don't know how I got. Is that a bad thing? No, no, that's the same with me. I've bought games right after waking up when I still can almost not see and mm. I have the Steam app on my phone and it sends me an email saying, hey, there's a game on your wish list on sale and it's really cheap. And you go, oh, okay, that looks really good. That's under, oh, it's $5, $5, buy and download. I can actually download it from my phone to the computer and mm. it's too easy. Dangerous. I bought a game on the toilet. <laughs> I think I've done that once or twice. <laughs> You can play a game anywhere. Mm. I've never bought a game driving, and I don't think that I might start. That would be dangerous. That would never happen. No. And I don't suggest you do it. I think the cops might get involved then. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do that. Mm. What I have done is, because I, I didn't want to ditch Fire Emblem completely, I've started to play a little bit more of Fire Emblem Awakening, which is good. Mm. I'm actually really enjoying the turn-based strategy part of that game. and it's That's good. It's way more in-depth than... Solitaire. Final Fantasy Heroes. Sorry, not Final Fantasy Heroes. Fuck. I don't know what I'm talking about. This beer is great. I'm going to have another drink. Fire Emblem Heroes. Yes. Fire Emblem Heroes. It's way more in-depth than Fire Emblem Heroes. Are we going to start doing a thing where we have to drink booze during the podcast and we have to describe what we're drinking? No, we're going to do a thing where we have to drink booze every time we make a mistake. Oh, God. But alas, um, Fire Emblem Awakening, it's really good. It's kind of what I expected Fire Emblem Heroes to be like, mm. but it's on a 3DS, which is just that little bit of too cumbersome to carry around everywhere. Yeah, So yeah. I'm enjoying it playing it while I'm waiting for a video to render or while I'm sitting in bed. I don't think that you wait very long for videos to- Oh, actually, no, the podcast takes a while, doesn't it? Yeah, the podcast takes about 40 minutes to render. Mm. Gives me a couple of rounds. That's good. And the other thing I've um, been playing- Yes. No, 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 you go. No, me go. Now, the other thing I've been I'm, playing- I'm saving this for the end. Oh, right. I'm really looking forward to this. I've been playing some Neo, which is the oh, yeah. Team Ninja developed Sony published game, which is kind of- The way I would describe it is Samurai Dark Souls. It's, Geralt of Dark Souls. Yeah, the main character looks like Geralt of Rivia mm. in a weird way. That was the first thing I noticed. He kind of- Maybe just looks a little bit younger and a little bit more handsome, a little bit less roughed up than Geralt. Does he hang around with sorceresses? No, he's pretty much a lone wolf. Does he have an adopted daughter that can teleport everywhere? I don't know. Maybe not yet. He collects little green dudes who wear funny little hats and they give him upgrades. Is that the same thing? No, I don't think so. Uh. Does he does he sleep with little green dudes? I haven't seen him sleep yet, so that could happen later. Okay, then it's not the same thing. Unless he's right. just imagining the little green dudes because he's had a bit too much splithium. 
it's moved from game to game. Yeah. It is weird because the whole game is kind of really gritty and feudal Japan and there's fires everywhere and there's guys like other samurai guys trying to attack you. And then these little green dudes, these cute little characters who are wearing different types of Japanese hats. They do seem a little bit out of place in the world. And I do think that they're just part of his imagination. And maybe he has had a few too many drugs. Mm. But um, they're there nonetheless. And they give you little upgrades to um, certain deities that you can follow. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's completely different than the last kind of long game I've played, which was Diablo 3, where yep. I could just close my eyes and wade into dudes and never be even in the slightest hint of being in danger. Mm. This one, if you look at a guy slightly wrong and you just take one little bit of liberty, you die very quickly. And well, that's I've never- the Dark Souls game mode. Yeah, uh, isn't it? Is, it? is it if you button button mesh, you just get punished? Yeah, absolutely. And But I've never played a Dark Souls, so this could actually, on the reverse side, get me into Dark Souls. I've always thought that Bloodborne would be a good one to start with. Yeah. So depending on how this one goes, I might go back from here into Bloodborne, into Dark Souls, into Demon Souls. See, that's another game I should get on the PS4. Bloodborne? Is it? Yeah, I've got most of the dark. I've even got I've even got Demon Souls on um on the PS3, but I see guess Bloodborne is the only one from that series that I'm missing other than Dark Souls 3. Yeah. It actually it it makes you respect playing with technique. There was a long yeah. period last night where I had barely a sliver of health left and I was cautious on every single step. There was I needed to get through a couple of people, so I got really good at using my bow and arrow, which you actually don't get a lot of mm. arrows for, so I had to be accurate with the shots. Um, when you accidentally stumble across a person, it's a big freak out because then you like have having to concentrate on managing your key, which is the meter that you use to perform attacks and to dodge attacks and to also mm. block attacks. So you can, like, whilst you're blocking, your key regenerates very, very slowly, but while you're not blocking, it regenerates mm. faster. So it's stamina. Yeah, it kind of works like stamina. It's quite an intense game, and you have and you do have to concentrate a lot, which I like. I like actually that I found something like that, mm. something that wasn't just a a waiting, kill everyone, and wait out. It's good. Um, well, you're going to love Dark Souls, then. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Team Ninja was approached to create this version of Neo when the development of Neo was a little bit in trouble. They had an idea and they had a setting, I think, but they never really had the right mechanical technique. And uh, Sony knew that Team Ninja were big fans of the Dark Souls series, so they gave Mm. them this game. And I think even Team Ninja went through a bunch of different variations on the gameplay before they settled on where it ended up. And I think they were kind of credited with saving the game Neo from being cancelled. And they've done a really good job. I'm really, really happy with it. You are an English guy. Who, uh, the first mission is in England and then you catch a boat and you have to go to Japan and you read some books while you're on the boat and you learn a whole mm. bunch of Japanese martial arts and samurai stuff on the boat, which I wish is, wish that was the way it worked in real life. You know, just Is it like the uh, introduction to Enter the Dragon where the New Zealand guy wants to fight everyone and then Bruce Lee tells him to get out on the boat and he'll fight him and then they just let the, let the boat go? <laughs> no, not quite. No, not quite. Right. They should make a game like that. Apparently. Yeah, and Enter the Dragon game would be good. Did you know that Jackie Chan was in Enter the Dragon? Yeah, yeah, no, I I've heard the story about how Bruce Lee hit him accidentally for reals and with a pair of nunchucks, and mm. then later apologized to a Jackie Chan who had a big puffed up face because he got yeah. hit for reals. 
And then uh, Jackie Chan said it wasn't as bad as everyone thought it was, but he acted like it was because he wanted Bruce Lee to pay attention to him. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much all I've been playing, which is right. you know, a fair amount. I've had a good fun week. Well, while I was uh, checking your Steam profile, I oh, landed yeah. on the store page, uh, and apparently the, the most popular new release is a game called Bloody Boobs. <laughs> How's that even... <laughs> The thing. Yeah, I know. So I really quickly copied and pasted a bunch of reviews for next week's Letting Off Steam because I'm not sure this game will be on the Steam store <laughs> next month. We should just or put, next week. Th- throw them in for this week. I think we should just make this week the. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll drop one of the other ones and we'll have bloody boobs as the, the review. Are, yeah. Are it's you basically sure that a game? That in this instance, boobs isn't slang for a different thing or it's just no nope. a, a mistranslation of no i, I know, can I can, see, I can see the screenshots right okay i'm gonna have to um, find those screenshots and actually probably not probably it's probably best i just don't see them it's not something no you can- so um the other thing is it's got always online drm of course it has <laughs> so let me hit you with some key features here yeah Imagine that you are a young, beautiful girl with a tasty body, and it can only mean one thing. I'm imagining. You're perfect. Hang on, wait. Hang All on. right, I'm there. Tell it to me You're slow. perfect for human sacrifice to an ancient god. All right, you have I'm- to try to escape a labyrinth with the help of your teammates. I'm watching the video as we speak. Whoa, are you? this is this is shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> is this an early um, access game? Well, see, it it doesn't have the early access tag on it, but it, he talked the. The initial video says this is a work in progress. So what I'm watching so, is a pretty much a naked girl walking through a dungeon, not wearing much, so she can't be, no. you know, wearing too much armor. And then Apparently she's being attacked by a monster, and now she's just laid a mine down on the ground, and now she's attempting some stealth in obviously the worst stealth gear imaginable. And now, oh, okay. So imagine this. So. You know how in a first-person game, mm. you can sometimes look down and you can see your gun and all that kind of yep. stuff? If you look down in this game, you can see your boobs. So- This is a bad game. It's a sequel to Trespasser then. Yeah, no one should play this game. No. Uh, so that's why I rushed to copy and paste reviews because um, I didn't think it'd be around for much long. It's longer. got mixed reviews. How did it get through the Steam Greenlight process? It's, it's like British sitcoms from the 90s. Like there's one called Heil Honey, I'm Home, which is a sitcom about what would happen if Hitler and Eva Braun moved to London after World War II and lived next to a Jewish couple. And you have to think at some stage that got past the writers, the producers, the directors, all of the actors, everybody else who is involved in that production said, this is fine, let's do this. And so Bloody Boobs, similarly. This it's is- gone through the Steam green, Steam green light process and everyone's just said, this is fine. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. I'm, I'm going to read out the key features of the game. The atmosphere of a bygone era of horror movies of the 60s to the 80s. Gameplay based on stealth. Realistic physics of women's breasts and butt. Character customization. Partially random generation of the labyrinth. Also... Girls in tight swimming suits, blood, screams, and a lot more. There you go. I have issue with the realistic part. Like <laughs> that's the only I've thing done you've got a really issue. I've done. No, I've got issues with other things, but I've I've done a little bit of three D modeling in my time, and they've just gone and 
um, attached jiggle bones to uh, <laughs> that particular part of the body. This game would be jiggle, less offensive j- if it was called Jiggle Bones. <laughs> jiggle Bones. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's. I'm trying to think, grasp for the right word. Like it's out there. Yeah. <sighs> Probably the um, only thing worse than the game is the discussion forum on Steam. I'm not even going to try it. I'm, not, I'm turning off. I'm switching Steam off because that's going to be, nah, that game should not exist. <laughs> yeah. There's one particular thread that if I read it, it would ensure that our rating on iTunes would go all the way down. We should already let yeah, them know that this on. one might be worse than the other ones. <laughs> Jiggle bones. I won't say the name, what the just the title of the thread no, is. No, you shouldn't. But you one should of, absolutely not. One of one of the replies is just someone's posted a YouTube video of a guy holding a clock, and the title of the video. Wait, is, wait, was he holding a clock? A clock. All right, okay. The title, to be sure. title of the title of the video is "It's Time to Stop." <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to move on now. That's amazing because um, we just need to, for our own sakes. Uh, let's go to the weekly topics. Mm. That was not one of the weekly topics. No, kind of just got jammed in there. Yep, jammed in there. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the weekly topics. Um, okay, so apparently this year, E3, mm. which is in June or July, sometime around yep. then. I look forward to the gifts that come out of NeoGAF every year for E3. Yes, lots of um, weird stage presentations. Ubisoft mm. can knock out a crazy stage presentation. Yep. They are, so E3, traditionally a business-only event. Yeah, press-only. Games press, game developers. Uh, so it's more for Best Buy and GameStop and all those people to meet and see all the new games that are coming out so, you know, that they might on purchase and on promote these games and want to get these games into their store and also mm. further press to cover. This year, yep. they're opening up, I think it's 4,000 or 5,000 tickets to the general public. Yes. Um, now, they did this last year as well, but it was at a separate event called E for Everyone or E3 for Everyone or something like that. Didn't they have a an outdoor car park party for E3 as well? An E3 one that the fans could attend? I think they did, yeah. Stretching my memory now. Generally, E3 comes and goes, and it's a dazzle of trailers and promises, and then uh, then I tend to forget. Yeah. E3 is one of those things that I've always found it really interesting, and I've always w- mm. wondered what it would be like to go, but I realized that that's not the place for me because I was not in the gaming press, and, you know, I- Not, not yet. Not you yet. Are now. Well, I am now, technically. But I knew even then, back then, that, you know, I would rather- watch professionals tell me what they're seeing and it's not a place for me to get in their way it's not a place for me to get in the way of of buyers and all those kind of things and there Mm. there are other events for all those things and that's why pax was invented because there wasn't an event for fans and now there is an event for fans and there's four of those a year but um apparently there has been calls for fans to be allowed in which i i think it's calls calls coming internal more than anything i think yeah, and it can only cause, I think, like just more weird reactions in the press conferences because I always found it really weird when people would announce games and there'd be huge cheers and whoops and yes and because mm. there should be press there. There should be press buyers and no, no one who's ever going to be a super fan should be in that front row watching that. There are other places for them. 
I think the super fans in the front row are working for the company that's, that's giving the press conference. Yeah, true. One thing I did hear is that the pressure for this came from uh, inside E3's management simply because um, the days of press kind of covering something and it getting out there via either the internet or a magazine or something is sort of coming coming to an end. People tend to go to YouTubers or you know whoever's blog they're following to get information about things in Game companies don't really need to wait anymore to release something. They don't need to wait for a trade show. They can they can just do their own thing. That games games are that big now. Yeah, well, I mean, Nintendo um, have their treehouse events where they don't mm. even have a live stage show anymore. They would just announce an online event and people would tune in, and then you could watch mm. them release all their stuff live. So I think for E3 survival, it's kind of becoming more like PAX because as the importance of a journalist and Best Buy focused. Uh, event winds down they're trying to wind up something else to replace it yeah and all the really interesting things at e3 most likely happen behind closed doors the the, the yep. showroom floor is an interesting place to be there's that's where all the lights that's where all the noise are that's mm. where you queue to get your hands on some games but realistically a lot of the press are being shown games at scheduled events which are booked months in advance it's it's not like PAX. No. Except, I guess, when Kensha Hall was still around and it was just the weird people who couldn't afford a um, a booth in the main area and it was just weird Japanese games that are supposed to go into bars. And weird peripherals and things yep. like that. But even, yeah, that, that, that was the, definitely the weirdest of the weird. But probably the most interesting part. Mm. But, but even that's not what it used to be anymore. No. No, well, Kensha Hall's gone now. It's been replaced with a car park, I think. Probably not as good. No. So this will probably compete directly with PAX at some stage, I would imagine. The press thing will wind down and the public thing will wind up and they'll yeah. reposition themselves as a public-focused event. Yeah, and just, like you say, pitch directly to streamers and mm. bypass the media. Yeah. Because, you know, why risk what a media person is going to say about your game when you can actually pay a Twitch streamer to stream and shill your game for you? And also set up Counter-Strike Go lotteries. Yeah, and you know that's one of the the reasons why we started doing what we are doing here because I think that there's a balance between respected journalism and entertainment that mm. you can still hold that line. You don't have to be entertaining but also be a shield for a company and you don't have to be no. a journalist and be straight down the line. I think no. what we want to try and do here is a mix of both. You know, if you send us a review copy of a game, it's just not necessarily going to say that we're going to say nice things about the game. No, no. In in fact, if your game is very bad and you send it to us, you might be very unhappy with what we produce because we will then turn from probably praising it to using it or mocking it as a form of entertainment. All right. Well, there you mm. go. E3. E3. Open to the public. Yep. Looking forward to those gifts. 250 bucks gifts. Yeah, well, that's, a, that, that's its own special little thing. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah, sure. Facebook is shutting down Oculus Rift kiosks that they've had in in Best Buy stores amid reports that they're not really doing a lot of demoing for people. Yeah, it's gonna, um, it's, that's an interesting one because one side is me saying that it's after the Christmas break and maybe there's just less people around to try it, but hmm. you would think that with the amount of hype that VR is getting around that people would want to try it out. Is it getting hype beyond like the the hardcore gamer? So. I'm not sure. I mean, with Sony releasing the Sony VR, I think maybe that is getting a little bit of mm. hype around, but maybe not. Will it just become a very expensive eye toy at that point? 
though, is what, what I wonder. Sony has a history of bringing out peripherals and not exactly supporting them well or dropping them once it became apparent that, that they weren't going to work. Yeah, that's one of the things that's stopping me at the moment from getting or even kind of really, really wanting a Sony VR system is that I have seen them drop things like a hot potato. Mm. Um, and price as well. These things are still really expensive. Yeah, yeah. They've only just come out here in Australia. They've been out for, in the States for a while. But, you know, yeah. VR is one of those things where they're kind of banking on that you need to get the headset on to really appreciate what these things can do and yep. how cool they are. I know the first time I tried on yours, was that was the selling point to me. Like having it on mm. my head and, ha- and being able to look around and feeling sick on a on the Rift Coaster. And that was like, yeah, okay, I get it now. I get, I understand the hype around these things. Can you imagine wearing one and playing every game wearing that? Or I, I actually can't. I no. There are times when I just want to sit back in a seat and I don't want to have to be wearing a headset for hours on end. And sort of full dis- dis- disclosure, when I got my Oculus Rift um, dev kit one, I played through Half-Life 1, um, Half-Life 2, Quake 1, and Quake 2 in their entirety. All in- games that were not meant to be played in VR. Well, these are the games that had fairly good... Um, a lot of them, their source code is freely available, so they had fairly good, I guess, VR ports. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's it's taken me... It takes me a lot to get sick in VR. And if you look at Resident Evil, that's sort of eschewed the whole you you teleport from place to place in VR and replaced it with regular um, regular movement. They've either done something to the camera to make it easier to swallow or they're drawing a line in the sand saying, this is how we play games. If you're sick, you're just going to have to get used to it. Yeah, and there's a lot more systems out now that are VR that are just a plastic thing you stick your mm. phone in and have VR experiences, quote-unquote, I know that they mm. even sell them at Jcar. Jcar, you can buy one for 30 bucks, Right. And just stick your phone in and download some VR apps and there you go. You've got yourself a VR system. But obviously, it doesn't mm. do the head tracking and it doesn't no. do a lot of the cool stuff that the Rift and the Vive does. But to a lot of people, no. that that's what VR is. I worry that would actually hurt uh, VR in the, in the long run. Yeah, I think it will. But, you know, phone people are trying to sell as many handsets as possible. So, they're going to jump on that. Something, Those something more fancy to sell another phone. Mm. I'm quite happy with my old phone. I don't think I've ever actually bought a phone. I just get hand-me-downs from my dad. Okay. I generally just- I, I, I look at the phone, I look at the price of it, and then I go, that's about the same price as a new video card. I should get a new video card instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to be on an upgrade cycle and actually looking forward to the upgrade cycle of the iPhone, but as the iPhone goes on and on and on and it doesn't ever really change from year mm. to year- it just maybe slightly gets faster and you get a haptic button on a home button or you get a slightly more high-res screen and a slightly more high-res camera. They've just become boring to me. Like nothing is mm. really exciting about it and I just use them for calls and for Instagram and Facebook and that's about it really. Yep, browse the internet on the train. And complaining about it when my battery goes flat, playing Solterica and that's about it. And sending passive-aggressive tweets to Public Transport Victoria about the trains. Well, that's the main thing I use it for. That's actually <laughs> all I use All I use Twitter for is trying to get customer service out of companies when regular channels fail. Yeah. My, my Twitter is a graveyard of aggressive tweets at various public transport providers and video game companies. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got my Trackmania account back finally. Well, you did, finally. It Was it Joe mm. who helped you out? Joe, Jeffrey? It was and Joe, eventually. 
I followed Joe up and said, uh, what's going on? And he goes, oh, it took them a while to get back to us. Here's your account details. And I don't know if I'm going to throw Joe under the bus here or throw Nadeo or Ubisoft, but they emailed me my username and password. Does that mean that they're storing my password in plain text? Or they don't care about sending you it in plain text? I mean, I'm always getting mm. emails of username and passwords no, well, in plain text. No, but if you think about how a password is stored in a, in in a, a database and- yeah, and we're going to get into how shit works for a second here, is that when you pick a password for a website, it encrypts that password using itself as the key. So you already need to know the password to unencrypt it. When you sign into a web page, the website doesn't actually know what your password is. It it has a hash of your password, and it gets what you type in, and it hashes it, and it compares it to the hash that it's got, and if it's the same, it lets you in. So for them to send me my password, they have to have it in plain text somewhere. Well, they would have to have access to the hash to unencrypt. Mm. Yeah. But then they've just got access to the password. They've got it in plain text somewhere. Now, I went back and forth over this, and I don't know whether I should start emailing press outlets and saying, hey, Ubisoft and Adeo are storing your password in plain text. So I might just leave it here, I think, and if someone picks it up, then all well and good. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. <laughs> You are also a press outlet. You can write your own article. I can, but that might cause a lot of trouble for companies. And I'm, I mean, I, I guess you have to weigh the security risk up against against causing this, like causing this amount of trouble. But realistically, that's your job now. That's your job is to bring those things to light. And whether it's to bring those things to light in a public sense or bringing those those things to light in a more private sense that can maybe get these things fixed before everyone else finds mm. out about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what we come up with. Maybe not an article, maybe <laughs> maybe like written on a piece of paper and slipped under somebody's door. Yeah. Well, maybe we can do some good in the world for once. Mm. Maybe we can use this weird train that we've created to help some people out mm. as opposed to talking about video found game found groups. A, um, I found a website called Plain Text Defenders where you can submit uh, places that store your password in uh, plain text. But then you have to wonder who's get who's got access to that information and then what they're doing with it, whether they're handing it on to the right people or whether they're using it for nefarious purposes. I think they're just making it aware, making people aware, really. You like to think so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like the, the, the tagline of their thing is, did you just email me back my own password? <laughs> that's exactly what happened to you. Yes. That, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, no, I, hate, uh, I don't know about this. Like, thanks, maybe? It, thing, maybe? It's like I've worked for some pretty sketchy companies as far as developing web applications go, like flying by the seat of their pants, and we have always hashed our passwords every time. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, that's going to do it for the weekly topics, although I do have an update to a weekly topic from a couple of weeks ago. We talked about uh, Evo 2017 and mm. um, people voting on the final game to appear on the main stage, and those voting, that voting has closed. And they have announced wait, the wait. game. Let me guess. Yep. Sean Kemp versus Don Lane. <sighs> you were so close. Right. It was, in fact, ultimate Sean Kemp versus Don Lane 2. Ah. No. Uh, ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, which is the game we expected it to be. It's a game that's got a good following. Mm. Infinite Marvel versus Capcom is coming out soon, so it's got a bit of buzz behind it. It was always potentially going to be that game. As much as I wanted Windjammers to be the game. Hmm. Do you think the voting was rigged? Would people have bombed Windjammers given the chance? No, I just think the Marvel versus that. Sorry, the Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three was probably a glaring omission from the main list anyway, and it mm. does have a, a lot of people who really love it. It was never right. going to be Arms. No. 
All right, so we're going to start a little segment we call... Now, hang on. We're going to talk about this segment mm. first before we yeah. start it because generally I say letting off steam in a jovial way. We leave a little bit of a gap and then we start some rather jovial music. But uh, we found out during the week that the music that we were using for letting off steam was in fact copyrighted by somebody. Mm. We didn't know this, where we found the music on a site that said it was in public domain, but it actually wasn't. So it We was, fucked up. Yeah, we did. We absolutely fucked up, and we didn't check everything completely. Uh, I suggest that if anyone is looking for any public domain music or public domain anything, please double, triple check what you're using. I'm always one to want artists who create things to get paid. I create things myself. I write songs. I sing songs. And to me, it's not a matter of should I be paying for something? It's a matter of do I think that an artist deserves to be paid for doing the work that they do? And the answer to me is always yes. Mm. So we'd like to apologize to whoever owns that rightful track. They started putting some ads on our YouTube videos that were using the music to compensate themselves for it, which is the way YouTube handles it. Mm. So we handled it in a different way by uh, pulling all those videos down, completely re-ripping them with a new track that we have purchased. It's a piece of stock music, which is almost as good as the other music. It still has, it's, almost. it's still quite jaunty. It still gives me a smile on my face. So I think that's the main thing. But we just wanted to bring that up. And if you've mm-hmm. heard the last couple of podcasts before we, we made this change, you've heard the new music, but that music's no longer out there. Yep. So, here we go. And now it's time okay. for the segment we call Letting Off Steam. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. Listen to that music. All right. So, we didn't really have many PC um, games in for what we played this week, so I didn't have much to choose from. So, I just went for the old favorites. So, Batman is in there. Cool. Um, and this love is a Batman. review for, yep, you got to love Batman. Batman, the, the Telltale series. Um, I haven't played it. No, well, now you're going to get two opinions about it that might influence your decision. Sway me either it. way. Let's see how we go. Yep. Well, let's start with a negative review from the Kareem501, who has 14.8 hours. He says, I run better than this game, and I'm fat. <laughs> fat man. Fat man. <laughs> I actually didn't even think of that. Hey. He missed a trick um, on that one. No. Yeah. Uh, actually, he should have said, I run better than this game and I'm and I'm fat man. Exactly. So we've got Gunstriker X with a positive review at nine hours. He says, I'm just a simple man. I see Batman. I press yes. <laughs> That's generally how I am. I see Batman yep. and I like Batman. Yeah. You uh, just see Batman and you buy comic books. I do. I, I buy comic books. I vote for that card in... Cards Against Humanity that just says I'm Batman or The Batman. Mm. The Batman. Um, but yeah, Batman's cool. So I think what we'll do is we'll jump to the secret world at this point. Yes. Um, which is a game that I've played. It's uh, an MMO and it's very MMO in its combat, but uh, it, it's got a pretty good story. But we'll, we'll, we have a review here that doesn't seem to think so. So Zoppity has a negative review with 11.8 hours in the secret world. He says, basically a simulator where you live through the goth vampire fan fiction your emo stepdaughter writes in her diary. <laughs> I can see where, see where that comes He's from. He's not wrong. No. 
No, but uh, I've also played that game, and it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I think it's uh, the, the writing's probably a bit, uh, at least a little bit better than that. For an MMO, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then we have a positive review from the mouse, written in Cyrillic, I think, just to make it difficult for me to read or figure out what his name is. Oh, yeah, look at that. It does say the mouse? Yeah. And he has a positive review, just waiting to see how it's going to pronounce that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Spinelli. Yeah. Um, it's a positive review with ten thousand and seventy-two hours on record. That's a lot of hours. Even I had to double check that it was that it wasn't one thousand. This is actually ten thousand. It just had an extra zero in it. Yeah, That's a lot of yeah. hours. And his review is: I only played a little, but it was good. <laughs> he still hasn't finished it, obviously. No. You know, if that's what you love doing, that's the appropriate amount of hours spent on that game. Mm. I think he got his 60 bucks worth. Like we say, do what you love. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to scrub the other game that I had lined up and replace it with Bloody Boobs. The only time you should not do what you love is that if what you love is the game (laughs) Bloody Boobs. Um, So, I realise I've actually picked a positive review that has a negative, (laughs) that is a negative review. So, I don't know what this guy was doing. (laughs) I can try and find it. No, I'm not going to bother trying to find another one. Uh, so a negative review from Tupac Alive in Venezuela with 0.7 hours. And there's a tag on his account that says he received this game for free. Uh, and his review is, I got ripped off. <laughs> I was going to say posi- something about that we should, probably shouldn't trust his review because he got it for free. No, but we should well, trust that review because he got it for yes. free. Then I have a positive review from Bippo Ernesti with 1.5 hours in the game. And his review is, I'm the real bloody boob here because I paid over two bucks for this rot. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Definitive evidence yep. that you should not play bloody boobs. Mm. Matter of fact, this is going to be the last time we mention bloody boobs. Yep, there will be no video. Although I think Jim Sterling has one up if you really want to go and have a look at the game. Yeah, we're just nah. There's more time in the world for... For good games than there yep. is for bloody boobs. Like, if you consider my favourite games of all time, Silent Hill 2, Deus Ex, and Planescape Torment, we haven't done any videos for any of those games, so we're not going to waste time with, with bloody boobs. We've spent more time talking about bloody boobs than we have Deus Ex. Mm. That just puts it into perspective. We should spend it some does. time on the other games that don't have yep. bloody boobs in them. Unless something particularly funny happens, like the developer of bloody boobs tries to sue everyone after his game's taken off Steam, we're not going to be covering this again. Yes. That's it for letting off steam. All right. Uh, We're going to move right along into Fully Informatic, where we correct Mm. some of the indiscretions we made last episode. And again, this is one of those weeks where there doesn't seem to be many, and I thought that we made more indiscretions, but that just means that we're not smart enough to find them. I think we're getting better. Yeah. We start to figure out when. (laughs) If we made a mistake um... about bloody boobs, do we have to go back next (laughs) week and correct it, therefore talking about it again? Possibly. I don't know. Let's Maybe we won't even that. bother. Yeah, no. Bloody boobs is wrong on, on all levels, so we can't be we can't make it more wrong. Mm. Alright, moving on. Yep. Oh, are you you're waiting for me? I'm waiting to do for this. you. I've already introduced the segment. Uh, um right. you spoke about this one, so I'm gonna throw it over to you to yeah. correct. Um so we were wondering what Volition was up to after they'd been uh I think purchased by Deep Silver or somebody like that. Maybe there's gonna be another one next week. I think it is Deep Silver. They're working on a game called Agents of Mayhem, which is an open-world, third-person perspective game that takes place in a futuristic version of Soul. I think they're building off Saints Row here and trying to sort of... 
I, I guess, I mean, I don't know whether the rights to Saints Row came across with them, so they're... I think they did because sp- they ended up finishing the game and releasing it under the new mm. ownership. So That's I right, they did, didn't they? Yeah. The logo does actually have something that looks suspiciously like the Saints Row logo on it, so okay. they're calling it a spiritual successor. Mm. Um, Weird when they can just make a successor. Yeah, or maybe they just want to, they're doing what IO Interactive tried to do with Kane and Lynch and kind of branch out a little bit. Oh, we'll be interested to see what it is because those mm. games were good games. They were. All right, we're going to jump into the next one. And this was me. Uh, mm. This was a bit of uh, incorrection as well as not being knowledgeable about the topic, which, hey, that happens around here. Yep. The name of the founder of uh, Retroherna, the company that tweeted out about trying to save the DSiWare games, which is a noble pursuit in gaming. So Retroherna is a Czech-based video game museum. Uh, his Twitter handle was Scyther Grovel, which I said last week that it was a pretty cool name, if that was his name. Uh, that's not his name. That name no. is an amalgamation of two Pokemon, which if mm. I was smarter in the Pokemon world, I would have probably instantly picked up on that. And a lot of people... We do need to bring the Pokemon expert on. I know a Pokemon expert, and we can probably chat to him about it. Mm. Um, his name is, in fact... And he dared me to try and say it on Twitter when I was talking to him about this correction. So, so I'm going to go for it. And it's uh, Voltek Straka. Right. I think you find it's Wojciech Straka. Wojciech, mm. Wojciech Straka. Well, see, this is the thing is that we cheated a little bit. And I work with uh, a woman who grew up in Poland and she's traveled extensively, including to Czechoslovakia. And I asked her how to say this. And she said, oh, it's, it's like a hard K, like chloroform and cholera. And I... That's yeah, it's kind of a hard K, but it is a CH sound, so it it could be Wojtek, Wojtek or Wojtek Straka. So um, mm. yes, I'm very sorry, Wojtek. You're doing really good work trying to save games, and you deserve your name being said correctly. And I tried my hardest, mm. but that does not mean that you're not doing any less of a great job. So please continue yep. on. Thank you. When you go and, and, and download an entire library of games for a system that's long since been made obsolete, it's because of guys like this, or guys and girls like this, who I guess are just spending their free time making sure that as we move forward, we're able to look back and see what came before. Yeah. It's an important work. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that's it for Fully Informatic. Um, mm. Releases of the week. There's kind of hasn't been too many releases of the week, apart from... That game, Bloody boobs. The game that shall not be mentioned. <laughs> and Neo. So Neo came out this week as well, and um, yeah! people should pick that up because that's a pretty cool game. If yep. you like Dark Souls and you like Ninjas or Samurai, you would probably like that game. It's PS4 only, isn't it? Because it's Sony doing it. Yeah, it's a Sony published joint. Right. It's another reason for you to get a PS4. Yep. I can play Geralt of Dark Souls here. <laughs> All right. And I am extremely happy to announce that we got our first email this week. You're excited. I am excited. I'm way excited. We've been asking for people to email in with questions and corrections for a few weeks now, and this is just proof that there are some people out there listening to us and who like us enough to put finger to keyboard and write us out some questions. We have Mm. a question. I'm going to read the email out from uh, Miss Maddens from Gruyere in Victoria. That's in Victoria? It is in Victoria. I've never been there. It's named after a cheese. They apparently they make cheese there? They apparently make... I don't know, I'm not sure whether they make cheese there or they eat a lot of cheese there, but there mm. is a cheese called Gruyere, I believe. Okay. Semi-informatic for your one-stop stop 
for cheese news and information. Next week we'll be fully informatic on cheese. We're going to check whether there is a cheese there and whether you can make cheese or buy cheese or eat cheese in Gruyere. Anyway, mm. thank you, Miss Maddens. We're about to read your email. Uh, dear Semicast, first up, loving your podcast. Thanks. Oh, so nice. Thank you. I have two questions. Maybe you can pick one or you can use both. We're going to use both. If you were asked We've got time. to create a video game with alpacas being the central theme, how do you think it might work? All right. Mm. Alpacas. Are we doing that one? Then we're going to do the next one? Yeah, let's do the first question and then we'll move on to the second question. Okay, so I would probably start by looking at alpaca games that have come before or games that feature similar animals. So I'm reminded of Llamasoft with Jeff Minter, who makes all the Tempest clones, like Space Giraffe and things like that. Yep. Has um, he made a Space I'm, Alpaca? I'm not sure. Well, we'd have to talk to Jeff Minter about that. Um, I'm also reminded of a particular game, and this is a, a genre that we keep running back into again and again, called Packer Plus, and this is a visual novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe... I'm not sure. <laughs> You're right. It might be a bit too weird even for Japanese developers. It might have been a fan-made game. The uh, publisher is called Paco Project. They obviously um, specialise in alpaca games. Yes, and it's a visual novel dating game. And from what I understand, you're a guy who dates a girl who is an alpaca. And she looks normal sometimes, but sometimes she looks like an alpaca wearing a school uniform. Hear that silence? That's me trying to process that piece of information. <laughs> I mean, there's precedent for this in the visual novel yeah, yeah, space. Yeah, they have like, like had, a, had a full boyfriend, which is a game where a guy da- or a girl dates pigeons that are like guys at a high school. Could happen to anyone. Could happen to anyone. Who are we to judge? So that's looking back at alpaca mm. games that have happened in the past. There's a little web-based game called Alpaca Run where you run along ah. and you collect fruit. And you jump up and down and it plays some jaunty music. And I believe there was also an alpaca as a pet in Torchlight 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I went for the little dog or the little cat in Torchlight 2. Yeah. I wonder if the alpaca gave you any benefits. More fur, more more wool to keep you warm or something. Yeah, I don't know. So what's the game you would create? Given all that information, given what alpacas have done for the video game industry in the past, how would you approach a alpaca game? So I like management games, so I would probably run an alpaca farm if I had my choice. Yeah, I could imagine that uh, it would be like kind of like farming simulator. Like goat simulator? Yeah, well, no, goat simulator is kind of different because it's sort of more, that's kind of more a, an, an action game where you're using the goat's <laughs> abilities to cause mayhem and uh, destruction. Uh, so, yeah, I would imagine a more sort of farming simulator where you would have to sort of, you know, raise alpacas on your farm and sell them and shear them and things like that. Yeah, I don't even know how you work with alpacas. An alpaca so. management game. Yeah, okay. Um, I can see that. We actually have llamas near us, so that gets close. Um, I don't know, maybe you could do the thing like, like if on, uh, what's that game I talked about? Ark. You can breed dinosaurs in that game and their colouring is kind of affected by how you breed dinosaurs together. So I imagine that might be a, um element uh, and you could sort of veer off into, you, you have like 
cat and dog shows? What about if you had alpaca shows and you have to breed the perfect alpaca to take to the alpaca show to show everyone else? You could do that. I think that if there ever was an animal that could poop without knowing that it was pooping, it was probably the alpaca. You bastard. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So, my game, I was thinking that I would try and get into the head of what made an alpaca an alpaca or what an alpaca loves to do. And I think an alpaca just likes to be on its own, wander around, and eat grass. That's kind of what an alpaca does. Mm. It looks cute, and it eats grass. But there are all these people around who just want stuff from the alpaca. They want to shave the alpaca, and I don't think an alpaca wants to be shaven. It doesn't want to have its wool taken off. It's comfortable in its wool. So would it be a game where an alpaca is trying to escape a bunch of people who want to shave the wool off an alpaca. But then you mm. would need to give the alpacas an ability to fight back. So I would assume that there would be certain patches of grass that would be more powerful than the regular grasses, which would give them uh, power-ups, which would then enable the alpacas to turn from their usual docile, happy selves into angry alpacas. And then they could chase the men back, therefore turning the tides on the people who are trying to shave them. And you ready for the name of this game? I think I've got a pretty good idea of what it is. It's Alpaca Man. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Or maybe you did. Well, you drew on your love of self-referential humor. <laughs> I gilded the lily on that one a little bit. Yeah, you did. All right. So that's the first question answered. Check. Uh, next question. If you had to get a tattoo on your face of any video game character, which would you choose? Keep Mm, up the splendid podcast, chaps. Thanks, Miss Maddens. Thanks. Video game tattoo tattoo on your face. I'm not really a tattoo person, so this is a tough question for me, but I have decided that if I was going to fall down that rabbit hole, I would get the tattoo over my entire face and replace my face with the video game character face. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. But then I was thinking, mm. what video game character face would you get one-to-one on your face? I would probably get Guile from Street Fighter 2, and then I would carry around a little portable speaker iPhone thing that would play Guile's theme. The 10-hour version that's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And anytime someone would ask me a question, I would just push play and just stare at them. <laughs> Well, I was thinking this uh, along the same lines, but I think, you know, if like you're going to get a tattoo on your face, you're pretty committed to this cause. Mm. So I think that the most obvious or the most tattoo on your face that's going to stand out the most is potentially a one-to-one Master Chief helmet all over your face so it looked like you were a Spartan the whole time. It was either that, that- or getting a, a Mario mustache tattooed on to where a mustache would be. Now, is that in the spirit of the question? Because that's just, just his moustache. It's not your, not his whole face. But it'd be the video game moustache. It'd be his... It's still video game related. And maybe I'll get a the hat tattooed on the top of my head as well with, with the M on it. Are we extending this to the whole head rather than just the face? I think so. What's, because yeah. in, that's, in that's the case, I would get a, uh, a tattoo of Luigi's face on the back of my head and so that I could just stare at people with it. Would you get Mario on one side and Luigi on the other? So it doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter which side? Yeah, no, I'm I'm inspired by that thing that there was a Mario Kart game for the Wii U where um, they had some code in there that would um, have the racers watch other people as they passed. Oh, that's right. And Luigi, they just had this death stare as they passed him. 
as if he was going to shank them after the race or something like Luigi's that. Luigi's an angry man. No. I have some good news, though. Yes. There are actually three games in the uh, Packer Plus franchise. All right. There is Packer Plus, Packer Plus Plus. Yes. And Packer Plus Minus. <laughs> of course. Of course there is. Packer Plus Minus. Is that the order that they go in? I don't know. I haven't even played the first game. Well, I was thinking that you could actually combine both the questions and just get an alpaca on your face. And then that would obviously be the video game character you've chosen would be our new famous alpaca because he's got his own video game. You would okay, get well, let's alpaca man on my face. There you go. Done. I was going to say let's legitimize it. And I'm looking for the names of the characters in Packer Plus, but that's going to be I a can't. scary place to go maybe. No. See, there are actually three games in this particular subset of visual novels. We've talked about Hatterful Boyfriend, which is the pigeon dating game. Yep. There's also Jurassic Heart, where you date a dinosaur. Of course. Does the dinosaur know when it's pooping? Because that would be embarrassing during a date. <laughs> Probably. You're talking about the long-awaited crossover between Ark Survival Involved and, and Jurassic Heart. Yeah, yeah. It's an English visual novel about a young girl going on date on a date with a ukulele-playing Tyrannosaurus Rex named Tyrakun. Okay. All right. Visual <laughs> novel. I'm very interested in visual novels now. I've never played one, and I want to play one now. But maybe not that one. Maybe that maybe, one. I don't maybe know. when we get together and record some play everything's together, we'll, we'll, we'll just pick one visual novel and play. All right. Okay. No, we have to have a dolly wheel with visual novels on it, and never which one it lands on, we have to play. All right. We're going to have to set that up. We're going to have to get a dolly wheel and yep. a bunch of visual novels printed out. Okay. I'm pretty sure that we can fix that. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for emails. Thank you very much, Mrs. Madden. You are the first of hopefully many emails that we get. We had a lot of fun with those questions. You are mm. our number one fan, hopefully. All right, that's going to be all pretty much. Uh, what have we got coming up on the site? Uh, so we, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, released a video for Dark Dreams Don't Die Today. Yeah, yeah. Which is a game that originally came out on the Xbox One and then came to PC, and it's by the developer of Deadly Premonitions, Sweary. And so I had a look at that because I'm a big fan of his stuff. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a Sweary game. Um, we we tweeted to him that we were releasing a video about his game, and he very kindly retweeted us. So oh, that's nice. Um, man. It is. Give D4 Dark Dreams Don't Die a look if you're into something that's a little bit weird, but not quite as weird as Packer Plus. I should point out that the game contains a woman that's dressed up like a cat that just lives with a man and just moved in one day and sometimes brings food home. So I'm looking at, at the moment, an Instagram photo from Sweary, and he seems to have a giant back tattoo of a monkey, amongst other things, wearing a T-shirt that, ser- that says Sweary65 on it. Right, Sweary sixty five. Six nineteen sixty five was a year he was born. So yeah. that's why he calls himself Sweary sixty five. But he seems to have quite um, a significant back tattoo. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's real or not. Right, because that looks pretty cool though. Yeah, in every single one of his games, there's a place called Cafe Sweary. Right. Now I just see why I, I like this guy's games now is because they're just strange. Maybe we should ask Sweary what type of video game tattoo he would get on his face. That we well, he has a. Uh, I think yeah, he, he understands English, so maybe, or we could just get it translated into Japanese and totally ruin the question. Yeah, that I don't know. I I'm not an expert in Japanese. 
Like I said, mm. I can only count one to three. I I know the wrestling bit. Right. So that should be out now. That that came out today. Uh, we've yep. got a the second episode in our wrestling series, Squared Circle Forward, coming out tomorrow. By the time you hear this, it should already be out. And this is when I take a look at the N64 version of the game WCW Nitro because I've been watching a lot of WCW Nitro. So I figured it was only right. I did the game. Mm. And it wasn't even the best version of that game. So there you go. Which version was it? It was the N64 version. Apparently the PlayStation version was better, but it was still a bad game. At least the PlayStation version had full motion video in it. I yeah. I yeah. don't think there was enough room on the N64 cart for all that. No. Although those games were quite beloved, was that they were the ones that were that were really popular on the N sixty four, weren't they? It was. It was published by THQ, but it wasn't developed by Aki, but it was developed no. by Island Productions. I think it was. We're not talking about No Mercy here. No, we're not we talking about No Mercy. We're oh, talking yeah. about WCW Nitro, and it was right. kind of it was designed to look like an it was an Aki design game, but it wasn't. Mm. Was it before or after No Mercy? It was before No Mercy. Oh, okay. But after WCW NWO World Tour, which was an right. AK design game, it fits weirdly into the canon of video games. That's what you're here for—to shine That's- a light on the weird canons. Yes, the weird canons of the wrestlers. But uh, mm. we're going to be doing some more of those videos because I really like them as much as yep. that game was terrible. Yes. Uh, what else so- we got going up? We've got another. Yeah, we've got Ziggurat, which is a very sort of light and fast first-person dungeon crawler. I want to say roguelike elements, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's um, you get in that dungeon, you open rooms up, and you kill stuff uh, as fast as you can and survive for as long as you can. That sounds like a dungeon crawler. Mm, I don't survive for very long. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind that game. Along with uh, Eldritch and Delver, Ziggurat is one of those games that I sort of go back to when I need something just to to, to show you who's time. boss yeah well now I've got Dark Souls for that yeah alright well that's gonna just about do it for today thank mm. you for joining us thank you for listening uh, my name's David Shack. I'm here with Anthony Murphy and just remember we love that you love doing what you love yeah see you later I just pooped so did I